You are listening to the podcast of the Y Church of the Elk River YMCA in Minnesota. Our mission is to seek Jesus, connect together, and share his love. Okay, we're going to turn to our Bibles now and read Psalm 42, just the first five verses. And Donna Schwab, thanks for reading for us this morning. Morning. Today we have a reading from Psalm 42, verses 1 through 5. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. All right. Thank you, Donna. Well, today we start a new message series for November that, believe it or not, is going to take us to Advent. Advent is not that far away. And we originally were going to start this series last Sunday, but if you were here, you remember we felt like we needed to delay a week so we could look at our financial health together. And so last Sunday, we talked about giving and faith and how these things fit together. If you missed last Sunday, I want to encourage you to to go back and watch or listen to the message from last Sunday. I would not ordinarily ask you to do that unless it was somebody else preaching. But this exception, we'd love to have you go back and hear the message from last week as we feel it's so important to our health and our future. One of the things that we asked in response is for every household to consider one of five ideas to put into action. And we said if every household responded to at least one of these five ideas, we believe we'd be in a totally different financial spot. So those five ideas, once again, are in the bulletin. That's the perforated page. That's usually our connection card. And uh, we pointed out last week this response card is anonymous, but it's really a great way for us to indicate our commitment to our church family. So maybe you were here last week, and we encouraged you, you know, feel free to not respond immediately, but take it home, discern this, talk with your spouse about it. Or maybe you weren't here last week, you read about it in the letter that all of our households received this week. Regardless, you can bring that card today up to the basket that's at the foot of the cross. And you could do that while we sing at the end of worship or after the service. And you'll place it in the basket and then grab the corresponding reminder card that you can take home with you. So if you check the first box, you look for the the number one reminder cards, and there's a little cross attached to it or a remembrance stone, and we'd ask you to take that home as a reminder of your commitment and a reminder to pray. If you need another week to discern, absolutely take it. November 19th, next Sunday, we're going to have that available one last time, and that coincides too then, of course, with our congregational meeting. But this is a critical season for the Y Church, and we ask you to join with us in responding and in praying for your church family. So that aside, now let's talk about the message today as we begin a new series called As the Deer. It's deer hunting season in Minnesota, 
I've been spending some time in the woods lately. I was just thinking, uh, seeing Russ. One of my favorite times hunting was uh, Russ in that snowstorm when we were out there. And we didn't even get a deer, but it was so memorable. So I've been out hunting earlier this week, and every time I come home, one of my kids will be waiting at the door, and he'll say, Dad, did you catch a deal yet? (laughs) And I've been disappointing him. I've seen deer every time, but some have been out of range and just waiting, waiting for the right one to catch. So I'm hoping this afternoon might finally be the time. But I was thinking earlier this year, wouldn't it be interesting to explore the metaphor of deer in the Bible? God uses so many images and pictures in his word. And so I was thinking, well, what is he saying to us in these passages about deer? So we're going to follow this theme through three different places the next three Sundays, three different parts of Scripture that will take us through the rest of November. And I guarantee you don't need to be a hunter to appreciate this metaphor, but this is something that will speak to all of us beginning here today in Psalm 42. So as we open the Psalms, I'll just remind us that the Psalms are poetry. It's poetic language. They are often prayers said to God, and they were very often put to music. The Psalms are referred to as the songbook of the Bible. And many composers and artists down through the years have actually written about this particular psalm or have put it to music. So I was born in the early 80s, and being a kid of the 80s and 90s, there was a song by Martin Nystrom called As the Deer. Any of you remember that song? As the deer panteth for the water. All right, I won't sing the rest, but you can look it up later. And I brought it back in our house. We are now singing that as a bedtime song to some of the young kids. Music is such a powerful way of expression and instruction. So I was thinking about that and thought I'd give you some recommendations for this psalm of some songs that you could look up later today and listen to. So the first one that I mentioned is As the Deer by Nystrom, and that has been covered more recently by Shane and Shane and Stephanie Gretzinger, and then if some of you remember the Gaither vocal band, David Phelps, the tenor, has a rendition of this song. The next category would be original songs, Tori Kelly from American Idol. She has a song called Psalm 42, so does City of Light. And back to Shane and Shane, they actually have an original version of this psalm called Loudest Praise. Next, we have Matt Boswell and Matt Papa. These two guys have a song called Lord from Sorrows Deep, and it is taken right out of Psalm 42. And then my favorite to finish, we'll go all the way back to 1837, Psalm 42 by Felix Mendelssohn. So it's a cantata that's voice in orchestra set to Martin Luther's German translation of Psalm 42. And Mendelssohn, a famous composer, when he wrote it, he considered it one of his greatest sacred works. And Robert Schumann, if you know classical music, you might recognize Schumann as a pianist and composer. He lived at the same time and he agreed. He said it was the highest point of Mendelssohn's work for the church. So, take a listen today, even if you're not into classical music. In the world of classical music, this is a short one. It's only five minutes long, 
And you could open Psalm 42 in front of you as you listen to it. You know, the sun's going to be shining this afternoon. The Vikings will have already won. And so you just have this devotional time on your couch. Psalm 42, Mendelssohn, and you'll listen to the music just soar, singing these words. With that, let's turn now to the original song that was written almost 3,000 years ago. As you look at your Bible, you'll see before verse 1, there's a heading over the top. And it says, For the director of music, a masculine of the sons of Korah. So the sons of Korah, I believe we've talked about here before, they were the gatekeepers of the temple. And apparently they also liked to sing. So I sort of think of them as singing security guards, the gatekeepers. And by this time, apparently they'd become something of an official group of singers. They wrote 11 of the Psalms, 11 of the 150, of which Psalm 42 is the first one. And it begins like this. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. See, look at that. I'm going to take you back to English class, maybe, or literature, composition. You know what this begins with? Do you remember this category of metaphor? It's called a simile. A simile. As the deer. Like a deer pants for water. The psalmist is saying, that, O oh God, is what my soul feels like. But before we go further into this, let's talk about the deer in the Bible. Of course, where we live in the world, we have three main types of deer that we talk about in North America. Do you think we can name them? What are the three main types of deer? Whitetail. Yes, that's very familiar to us. Then what do we have? Rudolph. <laughs> Rudolph. Yeah. He lives somewhere else. What else do we have? Out, out west? Mule deer. And then what's the third one? Black-tailed deer on the west coast. Those are the three main types of deer that we have. Um, there are kind of others in the category, but those are the three big ones. And they had three kinds of deer in the Bible. Different species, different deer. The ones that they had in Bible times were red deer, fallow, and roe. The red deer was the most common. It's listed in King Solomon's daily provisions in 1 Kings 4. And that's the one that's in view here in Psalm 42. It's the red deer. Now specifically, there's a word that's used here that tells us in Psalm 42, it's a mature male red deer, which they used to, in older English, they would call the heart. H-A-R-T. A heart. Next week, when you come back, we'll study a different passage that references the female red deer. Anybody know what that one's called? The hind. The hind. So you have the heart and the hind, which to me sounds like a trendy Minneapolis restaurant, but it's the male and female red deer. So the red deer is, it's a big deer. It's bigger than our white tail. And here, the picture is of this deer panting for a drink of water. Verse 2 says, My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? There's a longing, a spiritual thirst in this passage that I think many of us can relate to. 
I wonder what age you were when you first had this longing to know God. Was it when you were young? Maybe in middle school? High school? As you were working through certain challenges? Maybe you were an adult and you had this empty feeling that nothing else could fill up. Whatever it was. Good time with friends, family, career, money. Or maybe you have this thirsting for God right now in this season of your life and that's why you're here. And yet something else is true too and that is there is a spiritual thirst that we can have even after coming to know Jesus. After we've received living water and we've drawn from the wells of salvation. We're walking with God and then we can long for his presence too. And that longing is written all over the Psalms. And yet I think if, if we don't read this Psalm carefully, we could leave it at that. We could just leave it as this sense of longing. We could sell it short as just a passionate plea of worship. But I think it runs deeper in the words that we read today. I think that Psalm 42 is a psalm of desperation. Look at verse 3 with me. My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, where is your God? Just got serious, didn't it? My tears have been my food? That's a metaphor too, by the way. And as we look at this line, remember that these are the gatekeepers who are writing this. Security guards. You ever see a wimpy security guard? They don't have the job very long. Now, if you see the bodyguard is guarding Messi on the soccer pitch or Taylor Swift at a concert, I mean, they're usually pretty tough guys. Men, can we agree that it's not unmanly to cry? The mighty sons of Korah. And they're the ones saying, my tears have been my food. How many of us, men or women, have been there? How many of us have tasted the salt of our own tears? This isn't just about longing. Not in this psalm. It is from a place of desperation. This is Jesus in John 12 when he's saying, Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Life doesn't always go as planned. You know that. Things happen that you did not account for. And sometimes disaster strikes. And if that wasn't enough, there is on top of the pain in this passage, mockery and derision. So he says, the people say to me, where is your God? And I just, you could feel that that's said with scorn. Where's the God you always talk about? You say he'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you. Where is your God now, O Christian? And in that moment, you can't answer the question because you don't know yourself. Your faith feels like it's being held together by the past tense, by what you used to know. All you've got now is a memory. And that's what's written into verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. 
He says, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. He's saying, remember the good days. Some of you can turn around and you remember the days that were joyful and carefree. There was feasting and the table was full. There was celebrating and you think, I didn't know how good I had it. My, how quickly life can change. I was talking with a 16-year-old student this week. It was a Zoom call. And this is a young person in the global YMCA. And you know, she's looking to network and inquire about some ideas. And so I'd never met her before. She's 16 years old. And she told me, I asked her about her family and her faith story. And she told me that when she was 10, her dad died. And there was this very clear before and after to her story. Life was moving along. It was the four of us, and then my dad died. And ever since then, it left me and my brother and my mom in shambles. It was Psalm 42. Do you know why deer pant? Let's go back to the deer for a second. Why do deer pant? They do not pant like a dog that pants to cool itself off in hot weather. Or like a a dog that just needs a casual drink from the water dish. That's probably usually what we think of. But that's not the case. Deer don't do that. If a deer is panting, it is for this reason. It is being pursued by an enemy. A predator will chase a deer to the point that it overheats and drops from exhaustion. If a deer is being chased by an enemy, it will dehydrate and pant. And the only thing that will save its life is if it can get to a stream and drink. Verse 9 and 10 later in the psalm, Say, why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me. He's saying, they're after me. And that's desperation. That's a deer that's about to die. And the lesson here for you and I is not to be missed. If you follow Christ, you will face opposition. If you have truly set out your course to follow Christ, then you will come under fire. There are enemies, both spiritual and human, that are out to shipwreck your faith. And why is that? Well, it's because they oppose Jesus and you belong to him. They oppose the good kingdom of God and you are serving the king. Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. Why? Because of me, he says. He knew. He knew what was coming for his disciples. He knew in advance what would be coming after you. And so I want to ask you, what opposition are you facing? What opposition? What Spiritual attack or circumstance or person 
is chasing you down so that you would give up or that you would despair of your faith. And I want to encourage you today, my brother, my sister, that you might be in the thick of it right now, but there is water not far off. Don't give up. The Lord will not let you slip. In fact, the victory is already his. Jesus said in John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. He didn't say you might have trouble, you might run into something. He said in this world, you will have trouble. But then what does he say? He says, but take heart. I have overcome the world. With that, we arrive at our last verse in the portion that we read. We arrive at verse 5. This is the key verse for the whole psalm. It's so important. It's repeated verbatim in verse 11 at the finish of the psalm. And it's repeated again in Psalm 43. These two psalms, in fact, actually appear to have gone together. And this part that we're about to read then would function like the chorus that keeps circling back. And it begins with a question as you look at verse 5. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And then watch what happens. In the midst of that desperation, in the midst of depression, the psalmist commands himself to hope in God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? And he says, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Can you really do that? Does it really work that way? Can you command yourself out of a place of desperation to have faith? Can you command yourself to hope in God? Apparently you can. That's what the Bible is telling us this morning. And read the rest of the psalm. You can. It's not a quick fix. It's not a way just to kind of brush off all of your problems. But what the psalmist realizes in commanding himself to hope is that there is higher ground to be had. It's Psalm 61. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. I sat with a friend a few weeks ago who lost his job. I want to close with this story and I share it with you with his permission. A few weeks ago, a friend lost his job and it came out of nowhere. It wasn't performance-based. He'd been with the company 15 years and it was just devastating for him and his wife. And so I went to visit them. I went to see them in their home and just to listen to their pain and to pray with them. There's something I I know about this couple that ordinarily I I wouldn't know, but they shared it with me a few years ago. So usually I I wouldn't know this, wouldn't have access to this information, but they shared with me a few years ago that though this is not their church home, that they had determined that they wanted to start tithing to the Y Church. They don't even live in the area, I mean, they catch us sometimes on the live stream, but they felt like giving 10% of their income to support the ministry, the mission of the Y Church. 
So ever since then, every month, there's a handwritten envelope that shows up in the mail. And here's what I want to tell you. I met with them about 10 days ago. He lost his job. That's when I went to go see them and and sit with them. The very next day, guess what was in the mailbox here? Their tithe check to the Y Church. So you know what this means. He'd already lost his job. And they wrote that check anyway. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? They answered the question. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for the treasures of your word and You know us so well, Lord. You put so many of these truths into pictures. Into things that we can see and understand. And I know, Lord, across this church family, there is a longing. Different ways, different people and different stages of life, and yet a longing to know you or to know more of you. And some of us, Lord, are in a place of desperation with that longing. I thank you, Lord, that you are leading us to higher ground. I thank you that your promises hold true. And I ask today, I ask this week, Lord, that you would put a new song in our mouth, a new song in our heart. We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Y Church podcast. For more information about the Y Church, check us out online at thewychurch.org.